everybody. You are listening to Hotter Than Health, the podcast. This is a podcast focusing on fitness, nutrition, and an overall healthy lifestyle. My name is Eliza Gellman, and I am so happy to have you here with me for today's episode. And it doesn't matter what anybody tells you how great it is on the other side. For me, it means I'm about to lose my mom and my dad. My sister already knows. Hello, hello. Happy Thursday. Thank you guys for listening to this week's episode of Hotter Than Health. Now, quick disclaimer. Before you get into today's episode, remember that this is part two of the two-part series with Frederico. So if you haven't listened to the previous episode, this one's not going to fucking make sense. I mean, it will, but at the end of the day, like, why would you, you just wouldn't pick up a book and start reading it halfway through. That's dumb. You got to get the intro. You got to get the full vibe. Did I just say vibe? Cringe. Anyways, so this is the deal. Frederico is the most incredible storyteller. And we, if you've already heard part one, you know that we talked all about of his you know, his sexcapades and how he started to really come into his sexuality. He started to talk about some of the troubles he was having. He started talking about um, different ways that he was kind of coping with the fact that he wasn't sure how to deal with some of these feelings. He was like, I don't know if I'm gay. I, you know, he was painting this picture for himself in his mind and in everyone else's mind. And it was starting to catch up with him. And this is really when we get to the juicy details. And so again, if you haven't listened to that. I didn't ruin anything. Go back, hit pause here, scroll back to part one. Okay. Now part two, it's intense. It's beautiful. You're going to feel like you're here with us on the sofa as we are recording. And I just absolutely fucking love this story. And I genuinely encourage you to really wait until the end. That's not just like a plug for you to listen to the entire thing. You know, consumption rates count, but truly we get to the end and that's when we really go through like, okay, what brands should we be supporting? What brands should we kind of not be supporting? Or if you, I mean, support whatever brands you want, but do your fucking research. And that's the whole point of this is like, you can have your own opinions. You can have your own thoughts, be steadfast in them, but also be open to change, open to evolution, open to other people's ideals and where they come from. And again, there's no judgment here. This is all just a matter of um, really opening up our hearts and our ears to a story that we haven't heard before. And we haven't heard before, but so many people have felt these insecurities and these many traumas and these, you know, identity crises. So I think that that's really something that we can take away from this episode. And again, this is not for children. It's really not for children. Um, If you have kids in the car, unless they're like my dad that was like, hey, you know, we can watch South Park when you're little. I don't care. You know, I turned out pretty fine. So if you have kids in the car and you just want them to have a nice, you know, hear a real story, then keep it on. But some parents aren't like that. And I figured I should give some warning here. But Before we get into today's episode, thank you so much for listening. Um, Make sure you are subscribed and you are downloading these episodes. Make sure that you also go rate and subscribe. And I'm telling you, there's absolutely nothing better than if you're listening to this on your phone, screenshot it. If you're listening to it in your car, wait until you get to a stoplight, like take a screenshot of the screen and tag Hotter Than Health podcast and Eliza G Wellness on Instagram. It means the world. If you're listening to this podcast and you don't follow me on Instagram, I find it unlikely. However, shit happens. 
we're doing more content. We're actually going to be doing a giveaway. The giveaway is going on right now. If you're listening to this, well, it's starting at 11 a.m. on Thursday. So if you're listening to this early in the morning, like while you're working out, while you're driving to work, it hasn't quite happened yet, but future talk, here we go. <laughs> 11 a.m. on July 1st is the giveaway and it's going to be bat excuse me, I burped into the microphone, no edits. Um, it's going to be badass and it's amazing companies. It's worth over $600. Like it's the shit y'all need to check it out. So before we get into it, once again, make sure you have reviewed, subscribed, shared the podcast. Truly, it is the absolute greatest way to support. Another way to support, if you are interested in nutrition programming and counseling, I am here for you as your guide. I love when you guys book your strategy calls on my website. The link is in the show notes um, or on my Instagram. But I love when you guys say, hey, I found you on your podcast. And that's genuinely how I've been hearing from most of you. And we have an honest call, a video call to see if it's a good fit to work together. Typically, the people that I've been working with are people who are in these weight loss plateaus. As you can hear, Jack, he's in a weight loss plateau and he's very frustrated. But we work on the root causes of any type of weight loss plateau. We work on gut health and strengthening your habits with food and with wellness. And it's more of a nutrition and wellness plan and not just like a meal guide. A lot of people are like, hey, just tell me what to eat. That's not what I'm doing. Um, and I do have a large announcement. So I don't know why I didn't start with that. This is so anticlimactic. I wish that I had small drums. But either way, drum roll announcement announcement. Are you hearing this? Okay. So as you know, or maybe you don't, maybe this is your first time listening to the podcast. What's up? Jack, chill. So basically on my website, I have a subscription meal plan. All right. It's a monthly meal plan. You can get it to your inbox. We're adding another layer to it. So what I've noticed is that yes, you know, you can you can preach about recipes, you can preach about ingredients, but people want to feel confident when they're in the grocery store. They want to feel confident in knowing why the fuck they are actually eating this. They can, you know, anyone can follow a set of rules, but until you start to understand what you're actually following, then it's really not just going in one ear out the other. So that's not what we want. We don't want to just copy and paste meals every week. So what we're going to be doing is with the subscription-based program, it's $8.99 on my website, we're going to be doing a live call each month. So when you subscribe to your monthly meal plan, you're also going to be getting a link to a Zoom call. All right, so this Zoom call is going to be once per month. If you can't make it, it's going to be recorded and sent to you, but we're going to be interactive, asking questions, Q&A. We're going to have a specific topic that we go over, and then I'm going to be going over the specific meal plan for that month, why we're eating these, why at this time, why this combination of food, what is this doing for my body, why these ingredients, so that you guys can start to really understand, so that if after three or four or five months of being on the subscription meal plan. You're like, Hey, I think I got this. I have enough content and I have enough information. I feel empowered. That's what we want. We want to understand what we're eating, why we're doing this plant dominance thing. And I truly think you guys are going to love it. I eat off of these plans. Um, and hopefully you will too. So all of these links that I'm talking about are in my website. So they're under plans and pricing book now and, um, all of that good stuff. All right. So without further ado, I am so thrilled to give you part two of Frederico's story. We are picking right back up where we left off. And I'm 
like, I don't think so. I'd gotten tested before, but maybe like I was going like once a year at this point. But you were like having sex with those guys. So you were having sex all the time. Yeah, all the time. No condom with nobody. Like it just, I don't know. It just never was a thing. Um, And I'm reading all these text messages and it's like, you hooked up with John Doe and everybody knows it now. And he just came out as HIV positive because he had to tell a bunch of people and you were one of the names that was dropped. And now not only that you have, it's been two weeks, so you've probably slept with God knows how many people and now you've given it all to them. So I went from being the guy who partied a lot and was pleasant to be around most of the time to um, the guy who just gave the entire student body HIV. Yeah. And this was like right when Facebook was a thing. You still had to have an EDU to do it. And people were posting about it. And there people was, were posting about you. Yeah. And there was this other website that got taken down because a bunch of people started committing suicide about it. It was basically like a burn book. Yeah, but it, all the universities across the country were connected to this specific website. And you could just go on there with no name and be like, Eliza Gelman is a fugly slut, <laughs> you know? And people would be like, yeah, she is. Oh, we hate her. Let's burn her at the stake. So there was a thread, you know, Fred is gay. And probably like... 200 plus comments if not more I can't even remember and I remember and this is before people are posting about things on social media like before they're really posting about it so that's a lot if someone got 200 comments now it wouldn't really be that big of a thing right but that's fucking terrifying yeah and it and somehow you would know what school they were from so it wasn't just from Radford either it was from other schools that I had been to and you could just go on there and search people's names and it would pop up. Gosh, I wish I remember that website. Um, but it was, we'll have to look it up after this. It was terrible. I mean, like I remember girls like being like, Oh, so-and-so has had three abortions. It's like, if that's even true, which probably isn't. You never know. But even if it was true, it's it's like nobody's business, you know, someone's mother is going to see that, or maybe that was the most traumatic thing of their whole life. And I mean, this is you, the potentially biggest experience of your entire life, which is coming out, which you, did you ever, I know we're getting off track, but did you ever at that time think like, okay, in a couple years I'll come out or, um, no, I, I mean, at that point I'm still like, you're still white picket fence. Yeah. Still white picket fence. Gonna marry a female. And, um, oh, at, at this point I was like, I'm bi, you know, like I, I've come to terms with it. And one day, you remember, it's, uh, I'm out partying. So after all this, okay, th- yes. so we're back in it. Everybody, like there's all these comments. Everybody's talking about how I'm HIV positive, about how I'm gay. And were you scared to like walk outside in your fraternity house knowing that everyone thought you were gay and you were trying to cover that up? Yes, but I was also like, I have to go and put on a face because if I hide, it's going to make it true. If I act like I'm not bothered by it, they're not. And I don't believe it and nobody else is going to either. Um, 
like I, sometimes I think I'm a little bit of a psychopath because I can like just so disassociate myself so much. But I think it's like it's honestly it's a good survival um, thing because I think a, some people might have crumbled at that moment, and I was like, "Fuck that! Watch this." So I showered, got ready, looked as good as I could, and walked my ass through main campus in the middle of lunch and. Everybody, like all the fraternities and sororities would all sit on the rows and I just walked up there like my shit did not stink, sat down and just started talking and nobody had the balls to say anything. Talking to everybody, having a good time laughing, talking about what parties we're going to go to. And then lunch was over, I get up and I walk out and I don't know if a room has ever talked about you at once, but I didn't need to hear a single word. I knew once I was out of earshot that every single person in that dining area was talking about me. And maybe they weren't, maybe I'm like, that's so narcissistic of me to think, but, but you um, were like it felt on that campus way, and- you know? Yeah, exactly. And at this point, like I should have graduated two years prior and I'm still in school. So I've been there for a long time, not doing shit, but sucking dick and doing coke. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that was your second book. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and um, Did and you go get tested? Immediately. And so did everybody else. I mean, it probably had like the highest percentage of testing at Radford University that week. Um, because again, it, is trending. <laughs> well, and it wasn't just that. It was like, all right, so I slept with Becky. Becky slept with John and Steve. John slept with... Lauren, Becky, Autumn. And I mean, like, cause everybody was interconnected and it was just like always the craziest things. Mm-hmm. And Radford at the time, I mean, was just wild. I don't think kids can do that these days because they're constantly on their phones. Someone would off. sneak a picture of someone walking into a room and it would be posted to a million people and someone made a TikTok about it. Like it would yeah. be everywhere. It's not- we just didn't, I can't say we didn't use social media that way but we didn't I mean but like we, people now are following each other's locations people yeah. know exactly where everybody is like based on your tags yeah. like well, it doesn't and this was before smartphones like a Blackberry had been a thing but like if you needed to post something you had to like go home open up your computer wait for it to turn on you know yeah. get on 1G <laughs> <laughs> right yeah whatever it was called so it was much more challenging but like again so and also, I knew, I was like, all right, now I just need to do something a little bit more ridiculous, which I don't know how it could get more ridiculous, but I just need to do something crazier or get somebody to do something crazier so that this is old news and everybody moves on. And I did just that. I don't even remember what it was at this point. I mean, like, just like a couple of antics that I can tell you. I had sex on a bus in front of everybody with our clothes on like nobody could prove that we were having sex but like they could see the girl bouncing on my lap you know um (laughs) I had sex in the middle of the street butt naked at like three o'clock in the morning in Radford um and again nobody saw but like obviously like we both told people because that's like kind of a cool thing to do of course you know and it was just like I just started like getting caught having sex with women on purpose. Yeah. In outrageous ways. Like, it, again, basically just like, what would be the craziest thing I could do so that people will stop talking about me being gay? Yeah. 
And that's what I did. Um, so this all goes down. You, I'm assuming, test negative. Yes, test negative. Um, and I'm kind of ashamed on how I dealt with it with the guy who is HIV positive and could have given it to me. You know, I was really, really mean to him. And if I could go back and change a few things in my life, that would be one of those things. Because what would you say to him? What I what I said to him was that he knew he was positive and he was doing it on purpose to try to hurt other people. And, you know, that I don't think that is the truth at all. I really didn't believe it then, and I definitely don't believe it now, but it was the only thing that could make sense in my head on why I was put in that position, why the universe had decided that that was going to happen to me. And like I said, like back then it was still a really scary thing. People were living with it, but it wasn't, it's not like now, you know, it still has such a big stigma. Don't get me wrong. Like that's but definitely, still, there's only like a number of, I mean, as, as many people that are, that have told their story about it, the main one I think about like Magic Johnson yeah. and how he lived forever with it. But I thought like, okay, the only way you can survive with this is if you're a loaded celebrity, you know? Yeah. And I mean, and I'm sure that's partially true I don't know the history well enough yeah um you know I can only talk about it with like my experience and now my education with it and that's something like we still need to work on as a gay community um we treat non-white non-fit non-rich HIV positive people and if you fall in any one of those brackets you get treated poorly in the gay community so you, you, we were talking about this a little bit last night. I was like drinking martinis and you yeah. were having a Negroni. It was a nice night, but, um, also shout out to Bob is on Canon. Please sponsor this podcast. Yes. But, um, the, <laughs> that'd be so great. The, what you were talking about last night was you were like, I have my own experience, but even with my experience and being in LGBTQ plus community, you're still, you have privilege within that community, which I had yep. never heard before it makes so much sense but I had never really put it into words or I hadn't ever heard anyone conceptualize it like that yeah. so w talk about that and like what have what has your experience been versus like some of your close friends experiences been who you know like yeah I just feel like bullying and you know shaming and stuff like that yeah I feel like would be such a um I mean so growing up gay you are fighting against the hetero world you're fighting against your own inner demons about being gay because everybody's told you that's wrong. And then you're fighting the unrealistic version of the gay man, the gay community wants you to be if you want to be valued. So you either need to be rich, you need to be attractive, you need to be fit, um, and you need to have a big dick. You need to be slutty but not too slutty. But you can't be a prude. Um, a big personality, but not too big. Mm -hmm. You know, it's all like there's like a very perfect vision of the perfect gay man that the community has created. And for a long time, that's all I could think about fitting that mold. And, you know, and again, that goes back like I could party a little bit because you wanted to be fun. I did the coke because that helped keep me thin. Um, I worked out because that built 
muscle. You know, I took really good care of my skin. And again, and it's like helped it. That was one of the benefits, but because I didn't ever want to get old because turning 30 in the gay world is you, you might as well like retire Social suicide, <laughs> right? Yeah. You know, and I'm a retired and, K. Yeah. Yeah. Right? right. And so I w- did a really good job at trying to fit that mold as much as possible because I didn't come from money. So I wasn't rich. So that, that was already one strike, you know? Um, so I had to make up for everything else that, that way. And I did a good job, but I was obsessed about it. Like I'm talking like absolutely obsessed. And it's, I'm so thankful. I don't have an addictive personality except to being addicted to the person that everybody else wants me to be, or what I think everybody wants me to be. That's more of a realistic way to put it. Um, And I did. And I like, and I was all those things and I was catty and mean sometimes. And like, I'm not proud of a lot of the things that I did, but it was all because I was just so afraid of being who I was because I was so scared that my friends and my family were going to desert me, that I was going to be alone, that, um, nobody was going to love me for who I really was. So I turned into a person that I would not be friends with. I would not hang out with. And again, like I have friends that I've been friends with for such a long time that watched all of this, probably got hurt by a lot of the things that I did and said. Um, and they stuck with me and for whatever reason, I don't know why. And I'm so thankful to them. Um, can we take a break? Of course. All right, so that, I guess, is the end of the fun, slutty, and a little dangerous part of um, my coming out story, and you're probably, I didn't come off as such a great person, but now this is where I'm going to make you fall in love with me. (laughs) I feel like this is like introducing the Frederica that we all know. Yeah, I think this is sort of where it all kind of started to... um, Change me for the better. So. I also do think, and I'm sorry to interrupt you. No, that's fine. I do think that looking back at my college experience and other people's college experience or anyone's experience in life, we all know a person like that Frederico. Yeah. I feel like we've all seen that person either overcompensating or somewhere we're like, God, he's such a douche. All he wants to do is fuck people and go out and party and he's yeah. like a mess, you know, but but always the life of the people want him around, but he's such an ass. But I think we all know those people. And I think that by hearing people's stories like this, it opens up a door of compassion that I don't think that we would have had otherwise. Yeah. I think like if anything, if you really do know somebody that was like that, that was, you know, you loved partying with them, but you didn't want them around when you were sober or, you know, a complete douchebag, like see what they're up to these days. I mean, like, because they were definitely doing it for some reason. It was definitely to like mask whatever they were going through. Um, and like I said, I did a really good job painting a pic, a good picture for a while. And then it just got to be, or I guess the substance abuse got to be so much that I was 
where I was able to control it for a while with the uppers and downers, I couldn't anymore. Um, so yeah, so the first person I came out to, and I'll use her real name because she's still my best friend in the entire world. We have matching tattoos and her name's Kristen and she's literally the fucking best. And uh, I want to uh, meet her. Yeah. And uh, she also loves Brittany as much as I do. So we connected on that. Um, and, um, where'd you meet her? Uh, so I met her best friend from high school. We had, I think English class together freshman year and she introduced us and we all went to a party and I actually lost my virginity to Kristen. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and the next day we woke up and we were just kind of like, it wasn't awkward in that we became best friends since that day. And that was in high school. That was freshman year of college. Oh, 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 that's right. Yeah. That's right. I had been in college for like three weeks or something. Um, so I came out to her first and she couldn't give a shit less. So now that like I had somebody that I could go to, it was like I could, the I was fixing the ugliness in the picture at that point. Cause now I had somebody that I could go to. So I didn't feel so alone. So then I, I went back to continuing to paint the picture for everybody else. And then Kristen and I sort of had this secret. So it was much easier to come out to the girls. And then I told my best guy friend who was in my fraternity and lived with me, James. And like total best friend. And he's straight. He's married. He's got kids. And he couldn't give a shit less. You know? How did you tell them or him? We were really fucked up one day. Um... And we were at a party and I left to go hook up with a guy and he followed me home, didn't catch me in the act, but like followed me home, like probably 10 minutes behind me. So he heard that I was having sex in the room, knocked on the door and was like, Hey, can I join? And I was like, Hey, no, not this time. Cause we had had a threesome with a girl before. And I was oh, like, yeah, he thought you were having sex with a girl. Yeah. 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 So, um, I was like, no, I was like, and I'll explain to you later why you can't join. And at that point I was like, you know, I was comfortable enough in our friendship that I didn't think that he was going to not be my friend. So, and I was right. And so I told him he didn't give a shit. And it's funny, like people always thought we hooked up because we were so close. And like, I mean, like, and you know how like hetero boys are stupid gay you know, sorry yeah. to like use it in that t sense, but they are. Um, yeah. And he was like that. And like so like bromance everybody, yeah. is their way of saying it. Total bromance. There you go. That's a better, a nice 2021 I was about to say very PC say. version yeah. of it. Um, And I just want to, I have to ask about this. I feel like I don't want to sweep over that. Even just coming out to one girl, your best friend, your best guy friend, whoever, for people who are struggling with coming out, like what were some of the thoughts going on in your head? Were you picturing worst case scenario? Like what, why all of a sudden did it seem almost, it seems like the way you're picturing or saying it, it sounds like it was easy to tell them. It was like, what easy made it to easy? tell them. This was in 2008 at this point. And honestly, Lady Gaga and Glee kind of made gay mainstream and so being able to see that representation that I hadn't really seen before 
um, was really like good for me at that time. That is exactly what I needed. The fact that millions of Americans were coming together every week and sitting down and watching Glee that put LGBTQ characters so in your face was created by a gay man. Um, and then you had Lady Gaga just like, she couldn't be gayer. She tried it if she was just gay, you know? Yeah. Um, She's like a pillar in the community. Right. And always talking about our rights and fighting for better knowledge about the diseases that the game HIV and all that stuff. So like, I don't know, they just made it really um, comfortable with, for me, you know, Mm -hmm. because before that and Ricky Martin, you know, to tie it to like a cultural thing Ricky Martin was one of my biggest idols and everybody I feel like thought, you kind of look like him yeah thank you what a compliment <laughs> that's been my goal my entire <laughs> life <laughs> no seriously like he would like cut his hair and I would cut my hair the same way <laughs> he dyed his just the bangs blonde I don't know that was a tips, trend for a while tips. no it wasn't oh. it was all of the bang yeah so I did that you know like um but he hadn't come out yet but he had had a really famous interview where Barbara Walters was hammering him about whether he was gay or not and why he didn't have a girlfriend and all this stuff. So he was the only one that I could relate to. And I thought he was still straight, but I was like, he's getting, you know, bashed for being gay and he's not. And I was like, maybe that's me. And I I guess with Lady Gaga and Glee, they just put it in your face, made it more comfortable for America, made it more comfortable for me. And so I think that was the beginning of it. And so, I, you know, at this point now, I've probably got like 10 people that know. And every year that went by, I would tell somebody else. I'm still dating women at this point. Um, so I've not dated a guy. It's been nothing but like, you know, flings, uh, you know, and I, yeah, so nothing like serious. Um had a couple guys that like I would hook up with on a regular that would try to date me, but I was like, no, that's not my thing. You know, like, you know, our deal, like you don't talk about me. Like I sneak in, I sneak out or you sneak in, you sneak out. Like this is not something like, but did you ever want to, did you ever have crushes on these guys? And you're like, God, I would rather be just dating you. No, you know, I guess again, in typical gay fashion, I always had a crush on the straight guy that would have never paid attention to me, you know, and that's such a, we're going to get into straight married guys. <laughs> yeah. Oh. The way you got into straight married more, guys. More like the way they got into me. Okay. <laughs> um, and so as the years go by, I leave college. I drop out. I realize like all I'm doing is sex, drugs, and rock and roll. And that's the money's running out. My parents are getting more frustrated on why I'm not advancing my college career. I haven't gone to class and three semesters at this point, but paid for it and then dropped out at the last minute, got some of the money back. You know, it's like just my life is a hot mess. And I'm like, I got to get out of Radford. I got to go do something productive. So I decide I'm going to go back into the Taekwondo world and I'm going to compete and I'm going to try to become a school owner. So I'm doing that. And I start traveling a lot for Taekwondo because we've got tournaments and then people get really good. So then people are asking me to do demonstrations for them. So I'm probably traveling like at least once a month, if not twice to different cities, 
throughout the U.S. on my own. And so, like, you know, I sort of fall back into that old routine. You know, I, I do go to the city. I do the work. I'm staying in a hotel room, and then I get super drunk, and then I go start going out to gay bars for the first time. And if you've never been to a gay bar, it is definitely what I picture heaven being like. Um, <laughs> nothing but fast beats, drag queens, lots of dancing. Um, just a place where you can really be free. And I, I felt really free. And because I wasn't like at home, I didn't have to worry about roommates or my parents or anything. I'm staying at a hotel room by myself most of the time. Um, and so I'm having honestly, the time of my life. And I've sort of balanced, you know, like I'm not really drinking as much during the week. The drug consumption is definitely like a 10th of what it was. Um, I'm just having a good time. And I've decided at this point, like, I'm going to continue to come out as I feel comfortably. Um, but I'm never going to tell my parents and they'll just die and think that I was just a bachelor forever. And I'm Probably will be because I've never been one of those people that loved being in a relationship. It always felt controlling and wrong because, again, it was always with a woman. This is our my first real relationship. He lives in Roanoke. Every I'm out to most people at this point, but I didn't like come out. At this point, I just start showing up in public with my boyfriend. And if people ask questions, great. If they don't, if they put two and two together, great. Um, and Roanoke is small. And... I am still not telling my parents. My sister doesn't even know that I'm really dating this guy. And um, we'll call him Todrick. <laughs> I'm sorry. Of all the names in the entire world, I'm his, his name is Patrick. Yeah, Patrick. Whatever. Like, Todrick. What? I'm leaving this in. You know, like Todrick not, Hall. I've never heard that name. Maybe from like some Viking movie. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> um, anyway. All right. So Patrick. We'll call him Patrick. <laughs> and you had to think about it. It's like, why did that name pop up? Go ahead. You know why? Because Todrick Hall, who is a famous um, choreographer on RuPaul's Drag Race, he has this hat. And that's you just like, put together ten different lines <laughs> of reality and then got Todrick. Okay. That's how so you bring Todrick to the bar. Let's keep Todrick. Yeah, like Todrick. So start dating Todrick slash Patrick. <laughs> Todrick Patrick, um, and things are fun, and uh, it's like he's been out to his parents for forever. He's has a gay twin, who's all so they're both out to his. Their parents, they're as gay as can be. They've lived in like New York City and Thailand and like they've been to so they're not used to like small town Roanoke, like conservative, like they were probably the first boys I saw in heels and wearing pride colors, like just like so far removed from the image that I had created for myself that it was like eye-opening and shocking to this whole new world. It was like a permission slip almost. Yeah. And so, you know, I become like, I think like if my gayness is like, is at 20% to the public right now, like I turn it up to like 40, you know, and 
But again, in front of my parents and still in the Taekwondo world, it's like, be as straight as you can be. You know, my voice now sounds like this. Um, but like, I would drop it an octave before, like really worked on like just being masked, like being a man. Um, and, and again, those lines were just starting to blur because it, it gets exhausting. It's like, Quick interruption to give a special shout out to our show sponsor today, Taeyonin. I am obsessed. Okay, so if you follow me on Instagram, you know that I have been using their matcha and their teas at night. Basically, every night that I remember to post about it. I'm telling you, I use them multiple times per week, multiple times per day. My boyfriend uses them. I've given them away as gifts. I am obsessed. So Taeyonin is an instant beverage and it has so many different benefits and you guys don't want to miss out on this because it has so many functional mushrooms. It is packed with antioxidants. It is full of probiotics. It's great for your immunity, gut health, energy, mental clarity. So basically what Taeyonin is, is it's an instant beverage and you can stir it into hot water, cold water, iced water, kind of however you like to enjoy your beverages. I personally love although they have tons of flavors. I personally love the matcha. And one of the main reasons why I really, really love it is because I know that it's high quality. It has functional mushrooms and it's great for your gut health because it contains some probiotics in there. So not only is it great for your gut health, it's great for your energy, it's great for your immunity and your mental clarity, but also I just love it so much because it's sugar-free, it's vegan, it's organic and it's gluten-free, non-GMO. And you guys know that I am all about non-GMO, all about organic. I just did a post on my Instagram on the Hotter Than Health Instagram the other day about how important it is to have your matcha organic because so many companies out there, so many brands are adding sugars. If you go to Starbucks, the first ingredient in their matcha, which they shouldn't even call it matcha, let's be honest, it's sugar. And that's not what we want. We just want that clean, clear mental clarity throughout the day. And that is exactly what Taonin is. Okay. So basically all you need to do is listen to this recipe. Okay. So every single morning I've been boiling my water in my kettle. I'll put a teaspoon, a tape. Yeah. Just a teaspoon of the Taonin matcha in my cup. I'll mix it in. It gets nice and beautiful and frothy. And then I'll put a little bit of coconut cream on top. And I'm telling you dash of cinnamon. It is the shit. There is no crash. I get a nice little perk of energy. It's still that warming, creamy elixir in the morning because I've been kind of weaning off of coffee. So you guys, if you guys are interested in focusing on your mental clarity, your gut health, your immunity, and switching over to something that's USDA organic, Taeyonin is the absolute best, best, best option for you. And if you guys didn't know, coffee is one of the most pesticide sprayed crops in the market. So if you guys are drinking coffee in, in the morning and you don't know where it's coming from, this is the time to switch. It can spike your cortisol levels like wild. It can be an endocrine disruptor. It can mess up your hormones. Not great for gut health if it's not coming from a great source. So make sure you guys are doing your gut a solid, especially if you guys are consuming this every single day, right? So Taeyonin is the shit. You guys do not want to miss this sponsor and they're not going to give this deal away for very long. So you guys make sure you check out Taeyonin, T-E-O-N-A-N.com and make sure you use the code H-T-H so that you can get 15% off of your purchase. I definitely recommend getting the matcha and maybe the turmeric. And if you guys are interested in kind of like a hot chocolate, if you have kids, but you don't know how to like give them a probiotic at night, 
definitely make sure you check out their cacao. It's sweet. It's creamy. It's amazing. Organic. And you guys will absolutely love it. And sugar-free so the kids won't crash. You know what I mean? They're not going to get all hyped up before bedtime. It's like a nice little treat. So again, that's T-E-O-N-A-N.com. Make sure to use the code H-T-H to get 15% off of your first purchase. Do not forget to get the matcha. All right, let's get back to the podcast episode with Frederico. Playing a character on TV, but never being able to turn it off. Mm. It's just acting all the time. So it's exhausting. And like, but again, I'm getting becoming more comfortable with who I am. Todrick slash Patrick and I do not work out. And then I'm single for the next two years. And this angel is like sent down to me and... Uh, We'll call him Daniel. More normal. <laughs> no, I don't Danica. need normal. I just, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I just have no idea where it came from. <laughs> so Daniel is also not out, which is weird. He grew up in California, is from California, you know, which to me, I just always think super liberal, like whatever. But for whatever reason, his own reasons, he's not out to everybody. Some people know he's working in Roanoke, but he doesn't live in Roanoke. Um, but I meet him. He's a tall rower. I mean, just beautiful and fun and like probably one of the nicest people I've ever met. And we dated for a little over a year. And in that time, he comes out to his parents. And now in retrospect, I totally get where he's coming from because now he has no reason to hide anymore. But we live together, and my parents think that he's just my roommate, and they love him, and they're trying to hook him up with my sister, and then my cousin, and it's so funny, and like we laugh about it. But then he like, and I'll get to why I connect to why we didn't work out, like when I finally come out. But at the time, like he's out, he's free, he doesn't want to hide it anymore, like he's done the hard work, but I'm making him hide it. And that started to put a strain on our relationship. You know what it sounds like? Have you ever either been on a diving board or you and your friends are like jumping off a little bridge yeah. or you're doing their thing? Everyone jumps and they're, they, they're, everyone's terrified, but everyone jumps. And then there's one person standing at the top, you, and then everyone down there is like, it's so fun down here. Like, it's so much better down there. As yeah. soon as you come down, like, just, just jump and it'll be perfect and we'll all enjoy it and swim around and like have so much more fun but none of them can go do anything until you jump you know what right. I mean like it just sounds like just do it you know but it's I know it's obviously not that easy that is like the most perfect analogy I could have ever come up with myself because that's exactly what it's like that is like you couldn't have described it better are you sure you haven't come out I was about to say <laughs> I was like I sh- maybe in my next life so yeah fun. um So, yeah, it's exactly that. It's something I want to do, but I'm so scared to do it. Um, And it doesn't matter what anybody tells you how great it is on the other side. For me, it means I'm about to lose my mom and my dad. My sister already knows. And it doesn't matter what anybody tells you how great it is on the other side. For me, it means I'm about to lose my mom and my dad. My sister already knows. So scared that she was going to Mm. shun me. Or worse, tell my family, the rest of my family, you know, and then like we completely shut out. Um, And uh, we start getting into more fights. He goes off to New Zealand for work for like six to eight weeks. He's in 
um, Europe for work for a few weeks. He travels around the world and trains high school athletes how to row better so they can get into Harvard and Oxford and stuff like that. So he's a fantastic rower. Um, and I own a Taekwondo school at the time. And I feel like if I come out, the Taekwondo school is in Blacksburg, Virginia, which is even smaller, even more conservative, but really it's kind of liberal because it's a college town, you know, but, but this is your reality. This is my reality. So that put a big strain. We, and I break up with him while he's away in a different country over FaceTime but he has to come back to Roanoke. So he comes back. I move in with some friends for two weeks until he figures out his shit and he moves. After that, I moved to Charleston. And I've been in a relationship for two and a half years. I've been single at this point for six months. I'm in a new city and I'm ready to go buck wild. And I thought... How old are you at this time? Um... 33. So I guess we need to go back. Yeah, we need to go back a little bit. So for Robert, before I moved to Richmond, I've sold my business. I'm about to move to Richmond. I sit my parents down and now it's time to come out. And I waited until two weeks before I left for Richmond, even though I said I was going to do it six months before, because I knew I was going to move to Richmond about a year before I did and started trying to sell the school and just position myself. Get your ducks in a row. Exactly. So I was like, and I'm going to come out to my parents six months before. And so, and I didn't until two weeks before. So, and at this point I'm living in Roanoke, but not with my parents and I'm having dinner with them every single week. And every week I'm like, all right, this is the week I'm going to do it. And I like just can't, find the right time you know um and every week I left my parents house and it was a quick five minute drive to my place and I would cry like so hard like I think I puked a couple times because I like couldn't catch my breath um and so then I go back to like partying really hard at this point, I'm making enough money to where it doesn't matter. Um, and Coke made me angry a lot. So I stopped doing that as much and started doing a lot of Molly. And I'm talking about like enough Molly to get like five people fucked up for three days. I would do in a night. Like, and not only that, I mean, like it was just like drinking and Coke and weed and Molly and Basically, anything I could get my hands on. I even one time did a, a quarter of a methadone pill, which I didn't know what methadone was. Can you explain to the audience what methadone is? So methadone is what they give heroin addicts to wean them off of heroin. How the fuck are you finding this? Never mind. I'm sure it's so easy to find it, like anywhere, actually. Anywhere. But, you know, a cute boy at a party was like, hey, do you want to do this? It's going to make you feel good. And if, without asking any literally without asking any questions it was a fourth of a pill i was like how fucked up can i get it was like the most amazing high and then i peaked for 13 hours straight the next day and i was like oh i get why people like are get addicted to it right off the bat again very thankful that the only addiction i have is 
<laughs> to like be somebody else at this point, you know, like, yeah. so y'all drugs are not cool. We're no, not, they're we're not, not saying, Hey, go out there and get fucked up and do drugs. This is just personal story, you know? But. Yeah. In, in fact, like if you can't deal with your problems by doing drugs, they only mask it for the time that you're high. And Grant, I'm also a business owner at this time. So I have to like function and I'm good at what I'm doing. But anyway, so it's like causing so much inner turmoil. And for a long time, I haven't hated myself. And I'm back to hating the person that I am. And I remember, and so I start pouring my heart and soul into becoming a fifth degree black belt, which I am now. I've got a test coming up. So I'm like, I'm just going to get super fit. This worked for me last time. I was this slow. It's going to work for me this time. The only difference is like I continue to party hard. Like I'm talking like I would be out till six o'clock in the morning. I would wake up around 10. I would get so stoned that like, I don't know how I would function. I would drink pre-workout and then I would go work out for like an hour or two and I was probably in a, now in the best shape of my life so what does that do that just gets me like even closer to being to that ideal gay standard so then I become sluttier and then I'd start doing even more dangerous things and I'm still traveling to all these bigger cities and experiencing all these things and like, and all the while still going back to your parents house for dinner every week for dinner every week and every week I can't tell them. And every week I'm crying harder for longer. Every week I'm hating myself a little bit more. Um, and I'm just like spiraling out of control on the inside and feel like I don't have anybody to talk to. Um, and all the while I'm in this relationship with Rob and it's long distance and he doesn't give a shit that I'm not out to my parents, but he thinks like I should, he thinks it'd be a good idea, especially since I want to move there. Um, and so it's literally the last dinner I'm going to have with my parents before I move to Richmond. Cause the following week was going to be super busy and I couldn't remember why I couldn't go now, but I just couldn't. So we eat dinner and you know me, like I'm pretty like not serious really ever. And all of a sudden my dad like gets up and he's like, all right, I got to start getting ready. I got to, um, get to bed. And I'm like, shit, he's not in the room anymore. And my mom gets up, she starts cleaning up and I was like, Hey mom, can I talk to you for a second? And I think she could see the fear in me. And I was so serious like I, I think probably the most serious I will ever be in my entire life. And moms know. Like, and just yeah. And she just yells out in her little Brazilian accent. She's like, "Hey, Alfredo, <laughs> um, you need to get in here. It's serious." And my dad comes in, and I, he took one look at me and was like, "Shit, he could tell something bad." Or maybe not bad, but something serious. Something serious. So I was like, hey, will you guys sit down, please? And they were like, yeah. And 
I'm like, listen, um, I don't know how to say this to you guys and I don't know how you're going to react, but I'm gay. And literally <laughs> that, that was the build up, and that was it. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, <sighs> and it wasn't quite hot yet. Yeah. It's like, there was like a millisecond of like literally a millisecond of silence and it probably felt like 10 minutes. And then my parents were b- both got up simultaneously. It was like, we don't care. We love you and hug me. And all of us just broke down and I'm 33 at this point. So this is only three years ago. That is, I, I'm, I just, I guess so, four years ago. It's hard to believe that you have gone your whole life. Yeah. You have only gone a, a 18th of your life with your parents knowing this. Yeah. And like at this point, all my friends know, the entire Taekwondo world knows. Most of my friends' parents know, like everybody knows. They have heard through the grapevine, but they have no evidence of it, you know? Um, and they're like, we love you no matter what, you know? And then the acceptance goes from that to like, well, why didn't you tell us? Why didn't you trust us enough to know that we were going to love you no matter what? And I was like, because you guys are so religious. I mean, like every day we go to this super conservative Southern Baptist church that tells us all these things are wrong about the exact person that I am. And not just that. I can, <laughs> one of my favorite pastimes during church service, because I, I am not religious and like, if it's for you, great. Like, it's not for me and it hasn't been for a long time. And I'm at church like on Grinder, and I can see that there's like three people also on Grinder in church, you know? <laughs> so, and not all of them are out and gay. Some of them are sitting with their wives and their kids. You're like, and, that's you in this third pew, Paul. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so it's, you know, it's just like a weird place to be. Obviously, um, there's a lot of hypocrisy no matter what, but there's just something the way that I view any religion, not just Christianity, any religion. You can't be like, oh, love and accept all, except this long list of exceptions. Like if you fit any of these molds, well, you're going to go to hell unless you ask for forgiveness and change, you know? Um, so I didn't explain that to them and they sort of get it, but it's whatever. And I think at this point they're more confused. They're hurt. They're definitely hurt. You know, they talk to my sister, they talk to my godmother, they talk to my Taekwondo instructors and everybody, you know, it's called me, talk to me. And then my sister calls and was like, this is two days after this dinner. And I haven't had much interaction with my parents except for text messaging. Um, And she's like, hey, she's about to get married in two months. She's like, mom and dad love you, but they don't want Robert to come to the wedding. And point blank, I was like, hey, that's totally fine. It's not my day. It's not about me. It's about you. But like, I can't be there through their process it just took me 33 years to come out to them and now like they have to do this on their own and I'm sorry for how I put them there but like really it's not my fucking problem they have to deal with it and 
I'm not going to put myself into that space. So I'm going to block them, let them know. And when they're ready to talk, I'm here. I'm not mad. I'm not hurt. I get they need to process it the same way that I had to. I hope it doesn't take them 33 years. So I sent a text message out basically with all that to my mom, my dad, and my sister in a group text. And then I immediately blocked my mom and my dad. Because I didn't want to hear the, I didn't want to see the response. I didn't want to hear the response. Because now my worst fears are coming true. You know, it's, I was expecting the worst when I came out. And then when I got such a like positive response, it was like, you idiot. Like, why did you hold off? And then this happened and still not worst case scenarios. People have way worse stories than I do. You know, um, I mean, people have been beaten to almost their end of their life when they've come out to their parents, kicked out with not a single penny to their name be- mm-hmm. or a job or a, co- or a high school diploma. They're just completely disowned from their family. Yeah, yeah, you know, like I'm an established adult at this point. Like I can survive on my own, you know. It sucks that my parents have decided this, but – You know, and I told them, I was like, I'm not mad. I'm not hurt by it. Like, I get it. And I was like, it's just, we will, I will play nice on your wedding weekend. Like, I I do not want this in any way to become about me. It needs to be about you. So then um, I moved to Richmond without saying goodbye to my parents. And it's like, I get there and right off the bat, it doesn't feel right. I know that I'm not in the right relationship for me. Despite the fact that Robert's awesome and he's sweet and loving, it's not him. It's it, it's me, you know? It, we are not a match. And now I'm not talking to my parents. Um, my sister isn't mad at me by any means, but she's stressed. She's planning a wedding, so I can't really talk to her. Um, and I, I don't know. I just don't want to talk to anybody about it. And then my sister calls and was like, can you please call mom and dad? And I'm like, no, sis, like I told you, like they need to like figure their shit out with this whole situation before I can give them that space because I just can't go back. Like I've said my truth and now I have to live it. And I'm fiercely independent. So it was like, I also have something to prove, you know? And she's like, no, no, no. They realize how stupid they are. They want to apologize. They want to meet Robert and they want to see him at the wedding and blah, blah, blah. And so for two weeks, I was like living in my worst nightmare, which probably wasn't even that bad. They probably wanted to talk to me before then. And But it was your, it was in you to paint a picture of what was happening and, and perception. Yeah. Like your perception and your reality have never matched for the, for 33 years of your life. So why yeah. would that change so quickly? You know? Yeah, exactly. And so I talked to my parents. We meet up a time to for Robert and them to meet. And we my sister does like a bridal shower in Charlottesville, which is about an hour or so away from Richmond. And we get in the car and we drive there. And the whole drive, I just remember I'm not like a clammy person at all, but I was like my hands were so sweaty the entire time. And I could tell he was a little nervous and I could tell my sister was nervous, but I again, hadn't done a lot of talking to my parents yet. Um, besides us coming up with this plan, 
so we get there and we show up and my mom has not drank in 10 years at this point. When we were 21, she decided she was going to stop drinking because she wanted to lead by example because she didn't want my sister and I to drink as much as we did. Like, oh, sweetie. So she does not Bless drink. Bless her. And we sit down at the table and she orders a Corona. <laughs> what a like subtle, what a subtle flex that she's like, look, I'm terrified, but yeah. we're here and we're doing this and I love you. And well, and it's, Robert knows she doesn't drink. My dad, my sister, and I obviously know. So we all sort of look at each other and we're like, okay. And my dad and Robert start talking. And I don't know how I never made this connection until that moment in time. Robert graduated with a history degree. And my dad only went to college for one semester because he couldn't afford it. Because in Brazil, there's no like loans and grants. It's not like here. Um, or at least it wasn't then. But he went to college to study history, to also become like a history buff. And he is, and he can tell you anything about any history in the entire world. My dad's like an encyclopedia when wow. it comes to that stuff. And like, I fat check him all the time. Cause I'm like, there's no way he can remember all this stuff. And the man is always right. Ugh, um, I applaud those people. I know. Admirable. I, I won't remember. I can't tell you what What's we started again? about. Yeah. You know, what are we talking about? <laughs> um, and they hit it off. And my mom and my sister are like, okay. So, like, we, they literally don't talk to us. And they talk about history for, like, 90 minutes, two hours. And, like, and they're just gabbing back and forth. And my mom and my sister are, like, talking about wedding stuff and laughing. And for the first time in my entire life, I feel like a whole person. You know? Um... <sighs> You're like, this is what I have been waiting for yeah, for 33 it, years. It, exactly. And yeah, for the first time, I am comfortable in my own skin 100%. And from that day on, I decided I'm going to aggressively be myself 100%. And if you don't like it, fuck off. Period. I don't care. And... If, and not only that, I'm going to be the person that stands up for when other people are wronged to, or when other people don't have a voice. And that's why, like, if you follow my Instagram, it's full of funny shit, my dog, me, and then, like, there'll be, like, a slew of, like, all the things that or the injustice in the world that I just want to make people aware of. And I don't want anybody to ever question where I stand on something. That's one thing where I honestly believe it's like, there is a wrong and a right. We're, we've become such a society where it's like, just do what feels right for you. It doesn't matter. No, it does fucking matter because I was depressed I used substances way too much. I was way too promiscuous. I put myself in situations where I woke up in so many strangers' houses outside on the side of the road, like all this crazy shit. And I came out on the other side unscathed. There are so many people that have similar stories that have it way worse. And some of those people don't survive it. They die from substance abuse. They 
kill themselves because they can't live with the truth. They are unhappy. They commit crimes. You know, they become homeless. They become, you know, crazy and drunk, like whatever. All these bad things happen to these people because they can't deal with their own truth because there are people out there that are treating minorities and anybody that is not white, cis Christians, especially in this country, in the climate that we live in, treating them like shit because we have been told that all of these, if you fit this mold, you're right and you're and if you don't, you're wrong. And that is wrong. And so now like I am fiercely myself to the point where I know I am not everybody's cup of tea. But if you just take a second to like peel back the loudness and the, you know, the big personality for one second, know that it's coming from a good place. And it's coming from a place that I struggled really hard to like get to this point and be okay with the good, the bad, and the ugly of the person that I am, that I really want other people to be empowered by that. Um, you are one of those people that it's it's a true superpower that you make other people feel very comfortable in their own skin because you are so comfortable in your own skin. We were just talking about this before yeah. when we're around people that aren't either not just confident – but they are insecure to who they are as a human. It feels off to be around. It's a different energy. Yeah. Like you, as soon as you walk into a room, not just physically, but you bring something comforting to people in how secure you are in your message and how you don't give one nineteenth of a fuck if people aren't on your team or they're not, you know what I mean? You just... Yeah. I, I just, I can't anymore. I spent too much time trying to be the person all of you guys wanted me to be. And I hated it. And and it's like, it's, it's a dangerous way to live. It really is. Um, and it's one of those things like I'm, back in therapy. I mean, I go in and out of therapy all the time and I'm back in it. You know, I had a really rough winter for some reason, you know, uh, I and it definitely, you saying that. Yeah. I, I think it was like, obviously everybody had a tough year last year. Um, but I like enjoyed quarantine, you know, um, for the most part, obviously like I got sick of it and like in 2020, like my version of the coronavirus was once again, so much better, so much more privileged than a lot of people around the world had, so I didn't think that I was going through such a tough time. And sometime during the winter time, um, I kind of broke. And I went home for a week and sort of like just detoxed from like just normal day-to-day activities. And I like just lounged around on my parents' couch, hung out with my like best friends from home every day. And it was great. But I went back into therapy and... You know, I always go for like six months and then I'll stop and I'll go for six months. I'll stop. And this time I'm like, I'm going to commit to a full year of it and I might continue it even after that. It's amazing. Because even though like I'm so much better now than I was three years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, it's still like a lot of stuff that I have to work through. 
a lot um, of conditioning. Yeah, because now, like, now because I have become so like black and white in the sense like this is wrong, this is right. I'm gonna be exactly who I am, and I'm not gonna compromise. That's now like become a little bit of a problem in like some of my personal life because like every relationship, no matter if it's friendship, mom, son, brother, sister, father, son, or like partner to partner, there's got to be compromise. And now I'm having a hard time doing that. So Mm. now when I have to compromise, that's where the anger is manifesting where before it was like self anger. Now it's like going into other people. So now I'm really working hard on becoming or find being able to compromise more while still staying true to the person that I've become, Mm -hmm. the person that I love, the person that I'm comfortable with. And I think like if you're listening and you take anything away from this, it's really to just really be yourself, stand up for what you believe in, but also be kind and whatever like anger or hate whatever it is know that it's coming from something else and go talk to somebody about it you know i know like therapy is expensive but like today it's you can do it online there's so many other ways to do it um it's so true and it's it's very accessible and you're so right about i mean a lot of people see a price tag on therapy but at the end of the day if you need help someone is there to help and and ask for the money don't be too proud to live your entire life you know as someone else yeah and even that like talk to the therapist's office like i know that like in the past when i didn't have the means for it um there are programs out there and definitely something like i'm like i said i'm gonna i'm really striving to do it for an entire year like on a regular basis and then dial it back as I need to, but I think it's just something I need a soundboard. I need somebody telling me that like, yeah, you know, those feelings are okay to have, but how do we get through that? And also even just as simple as how, how do you describe what you're feeling right now? That's so hard to do. Yeah. And sometimes you need other people to probe with questions for you to figure that out. Aside from everything that we have talked about, we also want to think about how we can not only advocate, but what are some ways that we can support or, you know, what are some things that we maybe don't know? So we were talking about this even last night. We're like, I personally don't go to Chick-fil-A for multitude of reasons. Right. I also don't go to Starbucks and I don't go to whatever. Right. What are some ways that people can advocate and be an ally in the LGBTQ, LGBTQ, plus community i'm so sorry i know what i'm saying um i think first and foremost it's just ask questions you know um everybody's favorite subject is themselves so it's you know um so ask questions people aren't afraid to answer them you know and you'll get like different degrees of it as well you know because like I said, my version of being gay is different than a lot of people. My version, honestly, is a lot easier than a lot of people's version of 
it. You said um, it last night. You were like, my version of my struggle was more internal and it doesn't sound like as much bullying or as, I mean, obviously I'm sure there was some, right? but it doesn't seem to be on the forefront. Yeah. You know, like, of course, I mean, I think growing up in the nineties and early two thousands, everybody got bullied for sure. You know, And it was just like such a thing. And they called me little Jew girl on the bus. <laughs> it was fine. <laughs> I'm Teflon now, yeah, but <laughs> I know, but it was like, and that's what your parents told you. It's like, just be tougher. It's just words. Words mm-hmm. don't hurt, blah, blah, blah. And I'm kind of thankful that that was that way. I know not everybody sees it that way, but again, my bullying wasn't as much as some people's were. So like for me, I'm kind of glad because it made me like grow tough skin and it made me witty too. So like I've got to come back for everything. You really do. You, know, like, you are I, sharp. I am. I, I am sharp, you know, like it's, and I, that comes from that. And that part of like, I really enjoyed that from that struggle that brought one of my favorite parts of my personality because like, even like I love meeting like nothing more than the queeniest gay who's a complete bitch. And we could just like go back and forth and we have a ton of fun. And if you're listening to it, you're like, wow, these two really hate each other, but they keep <laughs> laughing. So it must be, I love that and it's so like, much. You know, and I, I just love that interaction. Um, but you like the things that I love so much about you. I, one of the many is that you can be around seven foot tall drag queens in heels and like this fake eyelashes and just the works rhinestones everywhere coming yeah. out of their butthole and then you can also sit in a board meeting with like the most badass all-male entrepreneurs just like white buttoned up so hetero such a such a different environment and you can own both yeah um but you're still yourself in both you yeah. ne- you don't you don't change to be that person it's just you you leverage a different superpower in every situation yeah um i obviously i talk about rupaul all the time because that's literally it's the only tv show i watch is rupaul's drag race um she always tells the contestants this find what you're good at and apply it to every challenge what do you think you're best um i think i'm really good at captivating a room I've started teaching Taekwondo when I was 11 years old. So I've been used to public speaking in front of a room for a very long time. And I think because of that, I am really good at reading the room. Um, yeah, you so, have a, you're very self-aware. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I'm really self-aware because I've had to hide some parts of it throughout life. So I know how to control it. Mm-hmm. it's almost like you we talked about this last night like take take a picture that you want and then it's very rarely is that's the picture you put on instagram you tweak with it you make the hues a little different you want this part brighter this yeah part. you like slide the toggle to the left or the right so you yeah we- and so it's like i'm fiercely myself but then i just toggle it and i filter what the room needs you yeah. know what it can handle but the picture looks the same like the picture is the same yeah it's just you see it from a different angle exactly like you really i loved that yeah. analogy last night i don't like but you're never on the far far spectrum of no. those things you're like kind of somewhere in the middle leaning a little bit each yeah. side 
Um, you know, and I don't want to like describe it as a chameleon cause I don't change. I don't to who I'm around. Cause I don't, I don't really love that personality trait in some people. Um, you're not a people pleaser. No, I, I am not a people pleaser. So, okay. Ask questions. Um, be oh, yeah. in, actually interested in what people are saying, but then yeah. I want to hear, okay. Chick-fil-A, where else? Okay. I'm not going to just say like, Hey, where should we not be going? Because yeah. I know that some people don't like to be told what to do. But yeah. I, at the end of the day, I want people to know what businesses and you can do your own research. Like, again, these are from our perspectives, do your own research. And if you feel like you still want to support something, support it, whatever. But I want to hear like, who do you not support uh, um, with your dollar? So, um, it really started with the 2016 elections and, um, I'm not going to tell you what my political party of choice is, but I'm sure you can figure it out. Um, but there was a candidate who I was not, um, in support of. And in fact, that's when it really all started. All these companies, big companies, their CEOs started donating money to this candidate. And I was like, uh, uh-uh. I was like, I'm not spending my hard earned money for somebody who's about to try to strip my rights away and not just my rights, the rights of many other people, you know, like I'm gay, I'm an immigrant into this country, you know, um, I think if the world got rid of all their females, we would be screwed. But if we got rid of all all of the males, we would live in a perfect utopia. Um, We have plenty in the sperm bank. We're fine. Yeah. So, you know, like there's just like a bunch of things that like I was seeing these different groups that I affiliate myself with that I love and respect getting their rights or promise to be taken away because at this point it hadn't been yet. And so I started paying attention to where the CEOs were donating their money and so I started blacklisting companies and you know and up until last week I would have told you this I would if I got on to a party and there was a Chick-fil-a platter you better get your nuggets because I was gonna fuck those nuggets up but after some recent discoveries about their CEO last week I won't even eat it ever again it's not only that I haven't bought Chick-fil-A in five years. I've been eating it. I won't even eat it again mm-hmm. unless they start donating to something like the Trevor project when it helps LGBTQ youth who are struggling and homeless, you know, make sure that they come out on the other side of this the way that I have. Um, I'm thankful I had a strong support system. And again, a lot of those kids don't. And I just, so that that's just like one major company that like I they have such a monopoly in the quote unquote healthy fast food like no yeah. way so and okay. it's not healthy fast food are you kidding they're no like, everything they're like well I got grilled I'm like that is a chicken that was I'm yeah, not I'm not getting into yeah, it listen but, to the chicken episode guys yeah <laughs> scroll Ooh. way back I know you like I literally am having the hardest time eating chicken because of you thank you <laughs> you're like I'm still doing it but yeah. it sucks <laughs> I know it's I read this book called skinny bitch uh, in college and they're ve- they're written by two vegans and basically they ruined dairy for me for life that was chapter one chapter two you love cheese now huh you love cheese it's the only dairy i eat now like oh, i don't drink real milk i don't eat 
real ice cream for the most part. <laughs> and like, uh, I try to go ve- now vegan options are so much easily found. They are so no. much more easily found. But okay. So Chick-fil-A is one that, that I'm, I'm, yeah, it's a no, no for me. Yeah. I agree. Um, big no, no for me. I'm now like, this has really nothing to do with LGBTQ, but I'm really trying hard no longer to buy from Amazon. Um, why? And because Jeff Bezos made so much money last year and he pays $0 in taxes. Like, fuck the fuck off. Are you mm-hmm. kidding me? Mm-hmm. Like, why do I have to pay? I'm go- I'm not paying taxes anymore. Mm-hmm. IRS, come for me. No, don't come for me. Don't come for me. <laughs> but it's like... Yeah, I'm sure the IRS is like fully subscribed. To yeah. <laughs> but it's like, what? Like, and the thing is, here's the kicker. He does it legally. It's He's not doing anything illegally. So good for him. Um, and all the other CEOs that are doing this, but like our government should not be allowing this to happen. But like the thing about America, it's all about profits. I love, don't get me wrong. I love living here. I am an American citizen now and I absolutely love it, but we've got to change as a country. We mm-hmm. have to be more loving and accepting of each other. We cannot be black and white, like on so many issues. Um, and I know that as I'm saying that I'm like, never eat Chick-fil-A again, you know, a hard no, Yeah. but it's, I think anybody can have their opinion. Like I don't yeah. want everyone to be the exact same. I think that that's a fucking boring world to live in. But I agree. I, but I also think that it, it comes right now in a place where, Everyone is getting canceled. Everyone is, um, nobody's allowed to say anything because you're going to offend somebody. I feel like everything I say, I need to have a disclaimer. And I can only imagine what people are thinking if they have a larger audience. Like, I love this audience so much. This Hotter Than Health podcast, like, literally is my whole life. But I, I can't imagine when it gets bigger and bigger and bigger and I have people coming for me saying like, you can't say that. You can't say that. I'm like, look, if we were live in a world where nobody can say what they're thinking, nobody can say what they're feeling and they have to apologize for something they did 40 years ago. It's so tough. How are we supposed to progress if we keep canceling people? Yeah. And it's like, if for any reason I ever become famous and they look back at my tweets from 2008, we're all fucked. I'll, I'll get canceled. You know, but I hate cancel culture. I think it's so fucking stupid. I do too. And I didn't, when it first became a thing, I was like, yeah, down with them, down with them, down with them. But then I'm like, okay, I'm perfect. Right. And these are all humans. Well, and then I just sort of experienced that this year. You know, I had a little mishap (laughs) that became very public. Um, And like people were like coming for my, like wanted me to get fired from my job based on something first off they only saw the tip of the iceberg and honestly anybody who knows the situation is completely on your side well um <laughs> i think we can all anyways yeah but anyway so it is you know so they don't like, listen to this podcast and it's funny like so like people were coming for me and i i experienced it and it didn't take that experience for me to realize that this wasn't the right like cancel culture isn't the right thing but it was like man if they think that's bad. They should see what I say ago, and not type, <laughs> you know, True. um, they should have seen me 10 years ago, like where it's, you know, not only was I still like fiercely outspoken, I was an asshole. 
But think about it. If we were the same person that we were 10 years ago, no. then then that's on us. Like, yeah. fine, cancel me because I'm not progressing at all. But it just frustrates me when people, uh, we're going to be different people yeah. throughout our whole life. And, and so, I hope and, so. And I'm like, let's say, you know, I am with my boyfriend that I'm with right now and we're together forever. I am not going to be the same person in five years. I'm not going to be the same person if I had a baby. I would not be the same person when I retire if I did. Like, it's yeah. just... We have to evolve. And I also think that evolution comes with you can have all of your own opinions, but you got to respect other people's. Yeah. And and I think people don't understand the difference between fact and opinion. I'm like, just because you really, 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 really like your opinion and are strong about it doesn't mean that you need to shun someone else for having a different opinion, open your mind. How do you yeah. think you got your opinion? You were an open book. You had some opinion shoved into your face and that's what you latched onto. Yeah. So I'm like, why can't we change? What if, what if someone who used to think that gay marriage was wrong and terrible, their son comes out as gay and they're like, never mind. This is beautiful. I love yeah. this. It happens every day. People change, people evolve. Yeah. And like, we can't just. And I mm. think it's exactly like you said, you have to change. You have to evolve. We, you know, as crazy as it sounds, especially with like the political climate that we're in, we are nicer people now than they were in the sixties. And the people in the sixties were nicer than they were in the 1800s. And like, you know, the further, back in history you go the worse the human race was so we are evolving as people we are getting better nicer more open we just need to not forget that yeah you know um, i think that it would be like everyone needs to just take a breath before they respond yeah. everyone is so reactive and yeah. defensive to their what their reality is well and it's because we live now in a time and place like we have the world's knowledge at our fingertips it's too much but we also have the world's opinions at our fingertips and more often than not we pay attention to the opinions and not the facts um and it's hard because we're like oh well how do we get the facts oh you watch the news i'm like yeah. the news is all based it's on all bias now, and know? and yeah. you know i think that that's one thing where america has definitely i mean financially progressed and all these good things but uh, in other countries, they're not saying – they don't watch the news like we do. They don't get their reality from the news. Reality is happening outside your front door. You yeah. know, like when the entire virus was happening and the entire world was just terrified. I'm like, look outside. The sky is not falling. And I understand that it's been devastating and traumatic yeah. for a lot of people, jobs, money, health, yeah. life. But at the end of the day, the li the world is going on – Life is happening. Life is going on. No. Babies were being born. Wedding, marriages were being had. Divorces were being had. Fights were being had. Conversations were being yeah. had. And it just really makes you think we base so much of our reality not on what our personal, personal reality is, but what everybody else's reality is. And we are so numb to knowing our actual emotions and our actual opinions. I feel like not it's so rare to have someone who's actually confident in their opinion, not because of an article that they read one time and they like what makes them feel comfy, yeah. but because of what they know and what they stand for and fight for. It's totally well, different. And I think too, maybe sometimes your opinion shouldn't feel comfortable. You should be scared to say your opinion sometimes. Um, not because they're wrong or they're right, but I mean, like if you're always being comfortable, then I 
there's no growth in comfort. If you're just like every other person in the room, yeah. then you're in the wrong room. Yeah. Totally. There's Yeah. You know, it's you hear it in fitness all the time. There's no comfort and growth and there's no growth and comfort. Mm-hmm. And it's true. And it's not just about muscles, though it can be. But it kind of is. <laughs> Speaking of from a guy who has like perfect calf muscles. No. And that just is... <laughs> She's uh, my too favorite, sweet. Favorite part of your body. Well, Frederico. Yeah. I'm so thankful that you are here today. Ugh. And I know everyone is going to love this conversation. Everyone's going to love you or hate you. Yeah. You I know? know, I hope you get I mean, some I, haters. That means I do they're... too. I hope it's a little bit of both because, I mean, again, if you're everybody's cup of tea, then you're boring. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be Earl Grey, I want to be spicy. What was the name you said? Todrick. <laughs> be like Todrick. <laughs> Todrick is spicy. He's be like opinionated Todrick. and people either love him or hate him. So, so yeah. Funny. Um, yeah, no, thanks so much for having me and like taking the time to really listen to the story and genuinely just, uh, you know, I think my favorite thing about listening to your podcast is I always feel like I'm sitting right there with you and your guests. Mm-hmm. And now that I am one of your guests, like it, it really is like that. <laughs> now I need you to... It- be just as slutty with this podcast link as you are, as you were. I need you to share it with everyone. Give it to everybody. Spread it everywhere. Slap it on every. Yeah. Be like, every mom wall. and dad, please don't listen. <laughs> oh, they'll probably they'll hear it. They'll hear it. And that's what I always tell people. I'm like, you. Ha-. That's why we were talking about at dinner last night. I was like, this community is small. You yeah. will get some messages, and it's gonna be beautiful. Yeah, and, and that's okay. And I'm I'm so excited for that. And I think that sometimes this I just hope that this affects one person I hope that yeah. I hope that someone listens to this and sees someone who is struggling with like drugs but they know that it's coming from someone else or they see someone who they uh, has shifted and right. it's gotten a little darker or they see someone you know maybe they've heard one of their friends who has come out either lesbian gay I, I don't know whatever and then they have a little bit more compassion towards that person's story and maybe their inner struggles yeah. so um yeah, I just thank you so much and love you. And I'm so excited for this to come out and everyone to hear part one and two. Yeah, thank you. Love you. And I mean, again, like this has been such a great experience. Oh. It was cool to like say it in such a public way. But it feels so intimate. It but, does, you know. yeah. And again, if you can take anything away from this, be kind and most importantly, be you. <laughs> <laughs>